All right, family, it's good to be together. As you can see, uh, Ben and I are going to, to team teach, although the teaching is going to be a little bit shorter today. Um, if you haven't met me or Ben, we are two of the elders here. Uh, we we kind of carry um, responsibility for setting up a lot of our teaching. And so it's my joy to, to, to do this with Ben. But over the last uh, 12 weeks, we've been in, uh, we like to, word, uh, to use the word season over series, nothing wrong with series, but we've been in a season of uh, asking the Spirit to remind us through the book of Acts what it means to be uh, a spirit-dependent church. And so we are wrapping up that season today, uh, that season of, of um, exploring that through Acts, but we by no means want to wrap up a season of asking that question. So we, uh, if, if, if you did not get one of these handouts, you might want to just raise your hand. Uh, we are going to be looking at kind of a summary of those 12 weeks through these six questions. And uh, I just wanted to kick us off by reminding us uh, how we begin. That often when we approach this conversation about the spirit or really even about uh, God, what can you do for me? It kind of looks like this drawing right here. Uh, the first slide up there, Andre, that we have some vision of our story and now we're going to approach the spirit uh, for him to sprinkle in a little bit of his help into my vision for my life. And we opened up uh, 13 weeks ago saying that's not how it works. And there's the second slide, that the spirit of God has been writing a story and that we are invited into it. And that little eyelash of an arc right there, that's my story. And even that is a very skewed uh, perspective of, of how, how, uh, how big God's story is compared to mine. But we want to find our place in his story. And um, we came across uh, this it's really great, great quote that we used to intro our, our series from Justo Gonzalez, who's a, a Cuban-American author and theologian. And I love how he summarized what Acts is inviting us into. He said, if this were simply a story about the past, it would be appropriate to write at the conclusion of Acts 28 as at the conclusion of a film, The End. But since the story is unfinished, it is more appropriate to conclude it with RSVP, like an invitation that awaits a response. This is what Luke, the author of Acts, demands from us, not just satisfied curiosity about the past, about the story that happened long ago, but a response here and now. RSVP. So that's our invitation today. We're going to do this summary um, in just a little over 20 minutes, and then we're going to create space for the church to RSVP, for Soma Tacoma to engage specifically around longings. What are the longings that the Spirit has brought up in this season that are worth mentioning, that are worth voicing to this body, this, this family, or just 
a longing for yourself saying, would you please enter in into this desire that I think the spirit has put in, uh, put on my heart. So keep that little paper in front of you if you want to. If you have a writing utensil, uh, you can jot down what comes to mind, what the spirit has brought to mind over the last weeks. And we're gonna kind of do this in tandem. So I'll let you, Ben, uh, kick off with the first two and, and feel free to add to that introduction if you do want to. Let's just... Uh... Let's just pray. Let's take a minute. And as we, as we think about longings, um, we, have, we have our own. And then there are some times where the Spirit surprises us and gives us new, different, better, deeper longings. And so as we're moving through, maybe you already have some ideas. But let's take a minute and ask the Spirit to give us even deeper longings. Spirit of God, we, we believe that you give us desires and longings as preparation to meet us in those longings. You are not a mocking spirit where we have longings that you've placed there and then you don't meet them. We know that you're sovereign and that we often need patience and having those longings met, but we know that the longings that come from submission to you are good. And so we, we ask today that you would deepen the longings that we have and give us new ones, give us better ones. And we pray that this, this time of reflection and response will be led by you, Spirit of God. We, we need you today. We have a plan, but your plans are better. So we just submit them to you, and we ask that you'd work in Jesus' name. So number one... Do you long to be more convinced of your value as a spirit-indwelt believer? And we, we have to start here. That's where Acts starts, in this upper room where the disciples are waiting for the coming of the Spirit. And I found this artist's rendering. You can throw that picture up, Andre. There's no rendering that's perfect because I think there are probably a whole lot more people there. They probably weren't sitting in rows of chairs but what I like about this rendering and what I hope is seared into your mind is that every person in the room has a flame above their head because that's what happened in Acts 2. So Peter and John didn't have a bigger and brighter flame. It wasn't just the men in the room. It was men and women all getting the same flame above their head, which was God just so clearly saying spectacularly, yes, the spirits come, but the Spirit has come to every one of Jesus' followers. Every one of you. If you're a follower of Jesus, you have the Spirit of God in you in the same measure as everyone else. You don't have limited access to the Spirit of God. And so my, my desire, our desire for all of you is if you're, if you're in this place of feeling stuck, of feeling like you don't have much to offer the church, you don't have much to offer the world. Maybe, maybe you've been told explicitly or implicitly you, you don't really matter much. Maybe you rest, wrestle with your own story, past or present, and you think because of your story, just you don't have much to offer. I'm praying, we're praying today that you'll be released from that. Because if you have the Spirit of God in you, you have something to offer. We, we quote Ephesians 1.23, which is the, the verse we get our name from. 
It says that the church, the body, the soma of Jesus is his fullness. And that means that you, as part of the church, you have the fullness of Jesus to share with someone. And we need you, and you need us. And there are, there's a uniqueness to the fullness of Jesus that people experience through you. That's crazy amazing that God has designed his church this way. So I, I just want to encourage you for a second or two to look at that, that question. And if you're feeling stuck or confused or uh, in this place of wrestling to believe, I, I do have something to offer. I do have the Spirit of God in me. Write, write down a few notes. What are your doubts? What are your fears? What are your questions? What, what are your longings? In connection with that one is the second one. The more convinced we are that we have the Spirit of God in us, the deeper our longing should be to experience the gifts of the Spirit. And Acts 2 is unique in many ways. We saw that, but we also saw that Acts 2 started something. It started something. And so we believe that all of the gifts, all of the charismatic gifts of the Spirit are still in operation today. So the gifts that we saw started in Acts at Pentecost, we believe they are still in operation today. And so all of them, the the gifts of mercy and teaching and administration, they're all charismatic gifts. Same word is used. But so are the gifts of tongues and prophecy and miracles. And what we long is to be a church that is not just on paper uh, believing, say we believe that the gifts continue. We want to be a church that is experiencing that. We talked about that. And then we kind of wrestled with this tension of are we a word church or a spirit church? Remember that chart we put up several times? You can put that chart up there, Andre. I'll just put three, three of them up there. We wrestled with this tension. Are we a word church or a spirit church? And we, we came to this conclusion over and over again. We can be both. <laughs> we don't have to pick one. We can be a church that on the one hand says God has spoken in his word, and so we can be students of scripture. Mm -hmm. But on the other hand, we can say God is speaking, and so we can listen to the prophetic voice of the Spirit speaking through his people or to us. On the one hand, we want to have a good theology of suffering, that God uses suffering to build fruit and character in the lives of his people. But also, we want to expect God to do miracles and to heal people, because he still does. And on the one hand, we believe that we should speak to the intellect. We should call people to understanding and obedience. But we also believe we should call people to experience and joy and delight by the Spirit. And so that means that even though we want a deeper understanding of spiritual gifts, we also want to experience them. The disciples, they didn't have an understanding of the gifts that they experienced at first, a a full understanding. They experienced them first. And then they understood them. And so we want to ask the Spirit to continue to to create a longing in our heart to experience these gifts of prophecy, of miracles, of tongues. And so I want to encourage you for a minute to think about that. Maybe that was stirred in your heart when we had that, that sermon several weeks ago. And I want to encourage you not to give up praying. I'm not going to give up praying for myself in these ways. We want to take the words of Paul seriously when he said, to, to long for the gift of prophecy. He, when he said, hey, I wish all of you spoke in tongues. These are things that, that the Spirit of God through Paul, through Jesus, through the book of Acts, call, that calls us to long for the same things. 
And so take a few minutes and write down, maybe you're, you're hearing this for the first time if you weren't here for those sermons, so may, maybe you want to write down questions you have that you want to ask us about. But maybe you still have a longing in your heart to experience these gifts. Just take a minute, write down some of the fears you have, some of the longings you have. Again, maybe some of you have experienced abuse of the gifts in the past, and you're still needing healing from those, those wounds. You can write that longing down as well, because God can both heal and give you longings for the good and right use mm -hmm. of those gifts. And I encourage you, if you're trying to unlock your thoughts, put it in the first person, God, I ask that you would, and write that out, because we really are asking that this would be a Sunday where we engage. So we'll give a couple, a little bit of space for longing for the gifts. On your handout, we're moving to the third one. And Andre, you can throw up that, that slide. So we've talked about uh, our value as a spirit indwelt believer. We just asked for longing for greater experience of the gifts. And the third one, for do I long for greater spiritual formation and character? Acts 2 is quite a chapter. It begins with the power of God that, that, that uh, Ben just talked about clearly manifested. And then it ends in just the general practices of the church. Begins with power, ends with practices. If you look at verse 42 through 47, you'll be reminded that after this incredible experience, the power coming, what did they do? Some very ordinary things. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to the word of God, to fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. Everyone is filled with awe, and many wonders and signs were performed by the apostles. So there's this ordinary, extraordinary thing happened in tandem. And I don't know if you remember, but I'm going to throw it up just as a reminder or as a quick primer, the movie October Sky. And the metaphor there was Jake Gyllenhaal plays a character where he's trying to build a rocket. And his first attempt goes south because he doesn't have a container that can hold the power. So as we talk about asking the spirit to work through us in power, we need to recognize that scripture leads us into creating kind of person that God's, God entrusts uh, with, with his spirit. And so that's, that's where we talk about spiritual practices. And again, we, we wanted to make sure that we don't fall into a false dichotomy. And uh, I have this, this picture of a bird, the church being a, a, a bird that, that flies on two wings. Mark Sayers gave this image of, we cannot choose just to be a, a church that uh, is formed, and we cannot only choose to be a church that, is, that has a healthy um, desire for fire. We need, to, we need both. We need to, to engage in practices that cultivate an expectancy and have like an integrity to steward what God has for us. So form and fire. Form and fire. And we, and we talked about the dangers. If you just go to one. If you sever the wing of fire and just focus on form and formation, things get rigid. Communities get rigid. And on the other hand, if you just say, I want more power, and you don't focus on the way the word has invited us into a long obedience, then things get kind of crazy. 
and confusing. So we want to be a form and fire, a power and practices church. And that is in part why we're, why we're doing these labs that I just gave you uh, a heads up on. Over the next um, year, every quarter, a lab that help us grow in practices that cultivate a desire for power. So slow down again with me. What's the question for you? As you have that picture of the two-winged bird, where, where, where do you need the spirit to ignite more longing? It might be anticipation of everything that Ben just talked about. Like, okay, maybe, maybe I do need to ask that I would, I would desire the gifts of the spirit. And then maybe for some of you, it might be an invitation that 2024 would be a year of learning the simple, ordinary habits that produce Christ-like character in us. So let's slow down and ask that question. Do I long for the Spirit's help to pursue formation and power, to pursue long obedience in the same direction, while also asking for extraordinary manifestations of the Spirit? Spirit of God, speak to us. The fourth one, you can flip your hand out over. It's on the other side. Do I long for the spirit of God to lead me into greater emotional health and spirit-filled authenticity? What we mean by that is the spirit, and then of course through his word, is the one that can lead us into looking honestly at where I'm at, where my needs are. Um, and again, all these things, all throughout this series, we had all these caveats of, hey, this would be a time, please do send us an email uh, if you have questions. And here we are doing a brief recap of these very big topics, and I'm feeling, I'm feeling that uh, uh, the emotions are creeping in because, because it's legitimate. We have, there's a lot of strong feelings about emotional health one way or the other. It's needed or you have different experiences. But we just put this chart up a few weeks ago and basically said in this gap between my hopes for my life in the world and then my experience, there are emotions. There is disappointment. And it is easy, again, to fall into a ditch where either my emotions guide me, and that is very dangerous, or I stuff these emotions and don't pay attention to them. But we believe that the Spirit is committed to taking us from that place where we find ourselves, in that gap, and that our emotions can actually be signals, little like gauges in a car that say, hey, pay attention to this. And then the Spirit wants to lead us back to himself, back to God and him meeting us in those emotions. And again, we had some charts for you and I won't give, it, give them all, but just a reminder, you can throw up that next chart. For example, fear. Healthy fear, not something to be stuffed, but to pay attention to, to be curious about. Because if we do, it gives us the, the gift of, of wisdom. A person who fears things rightly becomes a wise person. And we ask the Spirit, would you, would you give me protection? And would you, would you give me the help I need as I engage this fear? Similar with sadness. We do often don't get to sadness because of fear and anger, but sadness is my body, my mind, my heart saying, hey, things didn't work out the way you would. But sadness can go to resentment. It can be impaired as, 
and lead us to isolation if we don't go to the Spirit. The Spirit wants to lead us in this acceptance of the tension of the already not yet. So emotions lead us to the provision that the Spirit has for us. So as we engage with the Spirit, again, in extraordinary ways, he brings healing, and then in very ordinary ways, as we grow in emotional health, he leads us back to himself. So let's slow down again. If you need to, you can write down your fears or your unfinished questions if this was a topic that you're still working through. But we also wanna invite you, if you're there, you join me in asking, Spirit, would you help me understand my needs? Would you help me understand how you design me to pay attention to how I am needy so that I can get my needs met in you. Throughout Acts, often it says the Spirit was there to comfort them and to lead them into joy, regardless of their circumstances. What is your longing around meeting the Spirit? Christian uh, counselor, trainer, Bob Kellerman says that spiritual maturity is not marked by increasing independence, but by increasing dependence. Mm -hmm. And in many ways, all we're doing is asking the question, that question, multiple ways. How can we grow in dependence on the spirit? And that's what's true of this next question. Do you long for greater sensitivity to the spirit's leading in both small and big areas of your life? And the more you pay attention to what you need, even your emotional needs and what they reveal, the more you're going to realize, I need guidance. (laughs) I need direction. And the Spirit of God loves to direct his people. And so we kind of did a fly over the book of Acts, and we looked at dozens of ways the Spirit leads his people. You can throw that slide up, Andre. I won't read all of those. But we saw all the ways the Spirit leads in both ordinary, everyday ways and extraordinary ways sometimes. And where we landed was that our heart is not to prescribe the Spirit. You have to lead in this specific way. But we simply say, we need you. We need guidance. And we put our radar up and we watch and we listen and we wait for the Spirit to lead us in the way that he chooses to lead us. And so... Uh, we, we also headed to, headed to Psalm 32, and we're reminded that the way of the way God wants to lead us. He doesn't want to have a bridle on us like a horse, right, where he just kind of pulls the bridle to steer us. He says, no, I want to lead you face-to-face, is the word, with my eye on you, some translations, literally face-to-face. I want to be with you. I want you to be close to me. So in other words, every every time we need guidance it's an opportunity for intimacy is god say hey come come closer i want to talk to you i want to i want to lead you so asking the spirit for guidance is not finding the the magic vending machine number that gets us what we want no it's drawing near an intimacy and saying lord i I need you and hearing his heartbeat for us and so i want to encourage you as you think about that maybe you still have i know you're like me, you still have things you need leading for and guidance for. 
And if you take a few minutes and just think about this, this question, do I have a longing for a life of intimacy with God that results in a greater sensitivity to his voice and an experience of his leading both in ordinary and extraordinary ways? If you have this feeling, I'm just kind of going through life and hitting up the spirit when I have big questions, but there's a longing for this relationship with the spirit that even the small things you go to him more frequently with. You're just staying in step with the spirit, experiencing his leading, even in those little moments of life. If that's your longing, write, write that out in the form of a prayer. Just want to add a little something to that before we go on to our last one. And that's, uh, I remember sitting with you actually at our, our friends, the Christiansons there in the back gave us a day for Ben and I to go and pray through this for our church. It was like in the summer. And I just remember um, us talking about this both and in everything, like word and spirit, the extraordinary and the ordinary. And I remember, and I've, I've mentioned this, but I want to say it one more time. I mentioned this a few times over the last few weeks, just saying like, it's like the elves in the Lord of the Rings where there's no, there's, they don't know that there's anything special about them because they have this rich history of, of leaning into everything together. And so from the outside, it looks like they have magic cloaks and magic things, but they're like, no, this is just the way we are. And I long for us to be a church where you can't tell where the mature disciples experience and their wisdom that just came from a long obedience and then their sensitivity to the spirit, where that begins and ends, where their saturation with the word and just their slowness and emotional health. I was like, I hope we're like the elves where you just like, you can't really tell. There's no, there's no difference. So that's still my desire is that all these things would happen together. And the last thing in this extraordinary, ordinary, symbiotic thing is that we would be dependent on the spirit and have boldness to live and share the good news of Jesus in everything. Uh, one of my, uh, Luke, who's the author of both Luke and Acts, he, he ends Luke with this great little two-verse summary. One summarizes the book of Luke. One summarizes the book of Acts. He, he says, thus it is written that the Christ should suffer and on the third day rise from the dead. That's a summary of Luke, right? The life of Jesus. And then the next verse, and that repentance and forgiveness of sins should be proclaimed in his name to all nations. And I remember seeing that, 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 those two verses and recognizing Luke is saying, it is written, it's going to happen that Jesus came, died, rose again, and it is also written, it is going to happen that the news is going to go to the ends of the earth. And I thought, he is very clear. Both of these things are going to happen. And yet Acts, like we said, is this invitation to RSVP to take part in uh, what we called last week the ongoing Advent arm of God the little chart. That in Luke, Jesus comes. In Acts, he is still coming through his spirit and through his church. And um, even as I was hearing some, some voices, George, who just, just walked out, some voices from our church just saying, you know, part of the spirit inviting us into mission, you can throw that last slide up, is that the spirit is an amazing multitasker. 
There's been a lot of recent studies the last 20 years that we are not, that our brains actually cannot handle multiple things at once. But everything that we're talking about, the spirit does all at once. And as he's inviting us into mission, he's also guiding us, he's convicting us, he's bringing comfort. He's helping us recognize that, that we need his gifts. There's fruit and formation happening. And it's because we've been indwelt by the spirit and have a new heart. And these symbols are what we gave our kids a few weeks ago. But he is an amazing multitasker. And though I wanna be clear that he calls us into mission, he does it for his glory, for the sake of people turning to him, but also for the sake of our, his commitment to our joy. Because as we lean into his, his uh, as, we, as we recognize our needs and lean into his power and proclaim what Jesus has done for us, I mean, there's, there's, a, there's little that could bring more joy. So the last piece that we want to ask is, do I long to experience the Spirit's leading and boldness as I participate in his mission? Resting on the promises of God to live and share boldly the good news of Jesus. So we're going to slow down, pause. Anything you want to add to that last one? And I'm going to invite Alex uh, to come back up. Give a little bit more space for us to reflect on all six of these. You can flip your little hand out. Alex is going to start playing a little bit. And then she's going to lead us into a response song, There is a Redeemer, which has been a song that's been uh, with us the last two or three months. And then we're going to spend some time, Ben's going to go into the, to the room and with a microphone, if anyone has a longing, a word that could be edifying, helpful, or just that it would be helpful for you to say, I need this. Uh, we're gonna give the rest of our gathering just some space to respond and to share. And we'll, we'll sing as well with that. So a couple, couple more minutes of response. And Alex, you can begin to play.